BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Am I a loudcomer? Honey. Is my dick the fattest dick that's ever been inside of me? Do you know what else he doesn't do? Tell me. The intercourse. He likes the petting and the touching. My name is Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. I am the host. This is episode 216. If you follow my Insta stories, hold on. Just hold on a second. I can have a shower right before bed. If you follow my Insta stories, you know that I'm recording right now because I did a I did a warm-up. I did a warm-up. Hey, look, I'm about to record. That's you know what you, that's called? Self-promotion or brand branding. I did some branding for the show, so you're welcome. Um Epic Show this week. Joining me now, as he does each and every week. It's at Daily Ed. How are you, my friend? Hey, uh, you mentioned NPR, and yeah. I was just thinking, I listen to a, uh, I occasionally listen to a podcast with, uh, I think it's hosted by Eugene Merman. He's a funny dude. Um, oh, he's very funny. And know. so he, he's, a, he's a Russian immigrant comedian. Yeah, and he has people on for like, it's like, I don't know, 10 minutes, and he has to make like, explain their... Like if they have a joke, the premise, and they tell the backstory, something like that. Something yeah. you know, if you looked up Eugene Merman. But I yeah. just listened to today. Ira Glass was on there. You know, I guess he's got to branch out eventually. Just like Mark Maron would, you know, used to be comedians, and then it becomes everything. Right. But um, right. he had Ira Glass on there, and Ira Glass, I guess, is single, and he was on yeah. like a celebrity dating app, and he was like oh, Raya. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> I had to pick, I, just when you said uh, NPR, it made me think of it. And he's like, I had to pick, um, you know, your specifications. And he's like, I didn't want to go too young, so I picked like 35 and above or something like that. And he's like, the only person in New York City, 35 and above, or he, or he had like three people that matched. And it was like Fran Drescher 
and uh, Courtney Love, Courtney Love, and like maybe one other person, but that was it. I just thought it was funny that you know. Okay. Um, Ira Glass is one. Uh, he is a reverse. How fucking old is this guy? Oh, because he looks pretty good, but he's he mentioned he's old. Right. Right. And he's, I thought he was married, but it's so I just Googled him while you're, cause I didn't know his exact age, but uh, so I just Googled him while you were talking about it. And it does say married 2005 yeah. semicolon separated. Yeah. So we're breaking some news here. Um, now he's dating Courtney Love. Love. Right. How fucking old do you think Ira Glass is? I mean, I, if I had to guess, he's like, 47. Pretty close. March 3rd, 1959. Oh. Ira Glass is 59 years old. Well, I told you he's a reverse. Yeah, he is. He totally is. Yeah, he's a reverse. How fucking old is this guy? He sounds young, like he's very with it and of the time, like he's very, um, you know, there's nothing, he's very current yeah. in everything he does. And, but he's, he's pushing 60. He'll, he, or, or he just turned 59, right. 59 years old. And he's in the market for a new woman. And Ira glass could like, there's no woman on the planet that wouldn't fuck Ira glass. Uh, yeah. I, I remember the first time sensitive intellectual, <laughs> I remember the first time Fancy Sauce saw Ira Glass after hearing him for years and years. And she, I think she texted me and she's like, uh, why didn't you tell me that Ira Glass was hot? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, all chicks love Ira Glass. Um, so, you know, I complained during basketball season when I was the coach and dealing with that. Yeah. But I got to say, now just being the parent just with the parents, I don't, I don't know if that's better. Because when you're the coach, at least you're you're mostly you're separated. separated. Yeah. Now I'm just with the riffraff, and like my one son, small talk. My one son plays soccer and baseball in the spring, so I got a lot, a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was a guy who, I guess, because I'm a white guy, he he thought I was like on board with him, and he started throwing around. Oh, the libs do this or something like that. I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, I'm a white guy, but I'm not that white guy. Like, and also, like, I wanted to, but of course I didn't. I just kind of yesed him and then moved on, found another place to stand. But like, the whole like pejorative, and I said this like maybe a month or two ago. Like, when I disagree with someone politically, my thought isn't that they don't know and I know. It's just that right. we just care we differently. We have a difference of opinion, yeah. Right. We just care about different things. Yeah. Like, our priority list is just different. But he was like, lib. And I was thinking, like, yeah, you're. That's. I think that's supposed to be, like, an insult, but it's just a descriptor. Like, I, I am liberal. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just weird that that's, like, that's back to what I was saying last week. Like, if you're making fun of me because I don't like going to the beach, like, that's just yeah. who I am. It's not an insult. Yeah. It's just who yeah. I am. But also it's, I don't like that. There's a, um, that it's people paint you with this broad brush because all people are nuanced and right. there's, well, yeah. 
you know, like I, a lot of, like you don't, you're not like stuck to all, um, one way of thinking just because you, just cause you side with one side on certain issues. And that, that sort of drives me crazy that people are like, you're either this or that. And it's, it's like so dumb. And, but that's, we, we're in this sort of tribal culture where right. everyone feels like they have to pick a side and people's brains are so fucking tiny that they can't just, they only have those couple boxes inside that they can place people. So they, they see you like he sees a white guy and he goes, Oh, I can put him in this box rather than like, Hey, let's find out what this person is or isn't. And then I can, I can sort of get a full picture of who they are. And maybe they don't go into one of the tiny little boxes in my tiny little brain. Uh, and I, that's just what drives me crazy. That's why I don't, there's, there's certain things I don't, I don't discuss. Yeah, I, I don't one, one, one. Right. Sports. Number two, religion. Three, politics. I don't have those discussions. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I I actually, if it's somebody I know, not necessarily like somebody I agree with, like if they want to engage me, but this was a guy I don't even know. Like right, that, he that's might weird. he might punch me in the nose if I start being like, well, you know, yeah. technically this, but uh, I just. I just found it like, holy shit, I've got to deal with like another eight weeks with this guy through baseball yeah. season. What, yeah. what is happening? You guys are tied together. That's why I was always assistant coach. Because That's the move. You're not, you That's you the don't move. have all the responsibility. You don't have to deal with the parents. So you're just out there with you're the kids. You're helping. Your kid sees yeah. you like mixing it right? up you're and, you're, and your yes. kid's like, my dad was there for me. Yeah. Right. And, but but you don't have to make the speeches at the end of the season. You don't have to email anybody. You just kind of you're the guy behind the guy that doesn't have to do any of the shit you don't want to do. Um, I watched a few things on HBO this past week. A few oh, okay. documentaries. I'm, I'm behind. A few I'm documentaries. Been... I have not watched. I I still want to see the Bill Hader show, but I oh it's good. I have not seen it yet, but I definitely want to. I'm, um, I'm a couple episodes behind on that as well. Saw three different documentaries. Okay. The Shanling Doc Apatow. Yeah, I'm about like a third of the way through. It's that. a lot. It's a it's lot. It's long. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I found the guy brilliant, and I found that to be pretty sad because he was He's, just he was so insecure. He was so insecure, and he was. Yeah. He was sad and he was searching and he clearly never found what he was looking for. Yeah. So I, I like I like examining, you know, you know, brilliant, flawed brains, that kind of thing. I thought it was well done, but like it's Very. it's sad to think of like a guy that you respect found zero peace. And the whole part about his the way things shape us as children, he had a brother who he was close to yeah. who had cystic fibrosis who died. And even that's a horrible disease. Horrible. I know people who horrible. have children and siblings that have had it and it is so bad. And back then it was even worse. It like was your a quick lifespan quick was much, sentence. much shorter yeah. and he was not prepared for it. And then it was not discussed. He got no closure over it. And his mom you know, yes. went bad on him. It was, it was sad. Yeah. yeah. It was super sad. And you just, you go, Oh, that fucked him up for his whole life. And that maybe that's not the only thing that fucked him up, but it was, but that it was, was, that was line one on what he fucked was. Him up. Yeah. 
And it's like, so you just look at your kids and go, oh, fuck, I hope I haven't done any shit like, like that to you yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty good. I'm about halfway through. What, um, what else? You got? Another what long one, but I, I plowed right through it. I loved the uh, HB, the uh, Elvis documentary. Oh, I haven't watched that. Thought yet. it was great. That, I mean, I, I'm yeah. actually somebody who, <laughs> despite I, my love of rap, I, I love Elvis as a character in American history. Oh. I've, oh, yeah. I've read like three different books about him. Like, I find him fascinating because he's he, you know, where you have the Beatles, you had one guy that was like right. doing. I just found him to be like the first celebrity of that caliber. Like I, I find yes. him fascinating and I thought, you know, you get, they, they never appear on screen, but uh, they did extensive interviews with Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen. And like, I didn't, you know, I didn't think this way, but like Tom Petty and Springsteen and uh, Robbie Robertson, these guys had such a reverence for him and like really were, were had deep thoughts on his career and what he was able to do with arrangements and stuff like he never wrote, but yep. his arrangements were what made him totally different from anybody before him. And, and, uh, and a guy like Tom Petty, who is a great songwriter, um, still like you could tell he totally took a ton away from Elvis's career and was inspired by him. And I just thought it was oh. really cool how it, it all flowed. Yeah, in that um, when Bob, when Ed Bradley interviewed Bob Dylan on 60 Minutes and he's like, hey, did you, you know, is this what you set out to do? Did you want to be this voice of a generation? Did you want everybody, uh, you know, to be to to be revered like you are for the way you write? And and Bob Dylan's like, no, I wanted to be Elvis. Right, he's the coolest. And yeah, that was like that was that generation. And it's funny that you mentioned the Beatles because there is a famous story about the the time that the Beatles met Elvis. Yeah. And it was, he, he was on the pills and it was, you know, not toward, not quite towards the end, but getting there. Well, it was and, already after I think he had started to be propped up for like the Vegas Elvis. Right. Like, yeah, like the comeback Elvis. Right. And they, they went and they like hung out with him, I think at his house in LA and uh, they, you know, they spent some time with him. They had dinner or whatever, and they left and they got in the car. And I think it was Paul that looked at the rest of the guys and he was like, you know, um, that's what happens when we do this alone. Yeah. And they all just kind of looked at each other like, yeah. And he's right. Makes you know, I mean, yeah. you know, like you take, take, take a pick anybody you want, like whether it's Prince or Michael Jackson, like when you're yeah. doing it alone, it's, there's, there's no balance. Um, when there's no when everyone's there when everyone exists to kiss your yeah, ass. Yeah, it's why Mike Tyson buys a tiger because right. no one tells him it's a bad idea to buy a tiger. Right. It's just that's not a healthy situation for anyone. Right. And then the the third thing I saw was the Andre the Giant thing. Yeah, I felt on that. I saw that too. That that one I can discuss. Now for me, I, I it seemed like everybody loved it like crazy. And for me, the thing that was missing for that is like, just, I don't give a shit about wrestling. I never did. Same. Same here. I was really excited to see it. I'm not, I'm not one of these like Bill Simmons haters. I like stuff he does. I, you know, right. I, I thought a I, lot I, of the 30 for 30 were, were great. I thought totally. a lot of them like, were. He's a passionate guy. He's, you know, he's way, way more into sports than I am, but I, you know, I think he's cool. I don't, I'm not one of these guys that has a problem yeah. with Bill Simmons at all. Um, and I was excited to watch it because Andre the Giant, 
was a literal giant. Like he yeah, was like he, when you see him next to like normal adult men, it doesn't it looks like babies. It's crazy. And but the thing is, is that the fucking thing was all wrestling. Like the whole movie. Exactly. Was, They're talking about, about his prowess yeah. as a wrestler. And I was like, I yeah. want to know how he navigated. Like they would touch on a little bit. Like yeah, when yes. he had to fly to Tokyo, it was pretty crazy. He couldn't right. use the men's room. I wanted it to be ninety percent that stuff, and you know, well maybe ninety five percent, and like five percent about the wrestling. Totally. Like it's, you get a, you like, they're like, oh, he drank a lot and they, dr- and he drank cause he was in pain and then it just stops there. And they're, right. they're talking to like his, his guy, his assistant, the guy that was like in charge right, of right, being right. with him all the time. And I'm like, okay, talk more about that. Like what's what you, you don't get any sense of who he was as a guy. Right. Like what, I mean, he, he must have like had conversations. Yeah. And they talk about the daughter and they're like, yeah, she, we, we, he, she needed to be separated from the wrestling stuff, but like, okay, but he must have like connected with some people. It might, it must not yes. have just been a ring and drinking a case of beer. Like there must've been a little more. And like, yeah. Was he sad about things? Did he like, like music? Did he, totally. was he, you know, was he into whatever? You too, whatever. Like, did he care about something? It was a lot of stuff you could have guessed about the guy. Like, it was it was very superficial to me. And I and I get that he didn't. Maybe he didn't talk to a lot of people. But somebody never wrote a book. He died young. Like all that stuff. But it's like he. They're like, oh, he didn't like going to the doctor. And then they they sort of glossed over. Like he had a disease. He had that thing where you're. It's you're. Uh, overactive pituitary gland. And now they, they can recognize that in children and they can turn it off. And at some point they said he went to a doctor and they probably could have slowed or impeded the situation, even though it had already gone on so long and he chose not to. And it's like, what? Stop. Like what? Like why? Because of his career, because he was defeatist, because he knew he was going to die. Like, I want to know more about that. And it just yeah. stops at that point that you don't, you don't have anybody else that can comment about something that was like, he chose to continue to have a disease that made him fucking miserable. Apparently. Why? Right there. I mean, there just had to be somebody he talked to about shit. Somebody. Exactly. Yeah. That, that kind of bummed me out. I mean, I, but like I I, the first they went for 15, yeah. 20 minutes when they're talking about him as a kid and he's 15, he just starts, his growth starts taking off. Like I was riveted and then it just, it was a lot of wrestling. Um, yeah. And you could tell like he, you like uh, Hogan tears up and, um, and Vince McMahon. Yeah. And I felt like they also could, I know all those, a lot of those guys are dead. Right. So it's like they're what you can't really talk to a lot of the guys, but they talk about how he like um, hated Randy Savage. Of course, Randy Savage is dead, but I feel like there was more people around that could talk talked about that or how he had a feud with Big John Stud. I assume Big John Stud is probably dead, but it was like <laughs> I like his feud with Big John Stud was that guy was like six ten and he stepped over the top, uh, uh, top uh, what do you call it? The rope. Rope. Yes. And yes. he was like, he was like, that's my move. Like, yeah. what? Well, okay. You got, You're well, both is, pretty see, tall. That, that is interesting. Like the respect factor is there like that stuff needs to be yeah. cleared. And 
you can't come backstage and you can't wear too much baby oil. Like that part of the wrestling aspect was interesting to yes, me, but they're just like talking about the match, like the, you know, WrestleMania yeah. three. Well, we fucking all know about that. Right. That's been covered a, a million times. Like we, we know that, that, uh, you, Hogan couldn't have been put over without the giant agreement because he's fucking huge. Like he could, he couldn't lose unless he chose to lose. We, we got all that, but, right. Let's go a little deeper. And there was a lot of Mean Gene who I'm, I'm pretty sure was was not sure that wrestling was real or fake. He was, he was in it. I noticed that they, they were interviewing Mean Gene at home. Yeah. And Mean Gene looked like he had a pretty nice house. But I was shocked to see that Mean Gene was still with us. I mean, right. I was, he was in his late 50s in the mid 80s. So, is, so let's, he was in, yeah, I mean, he, he was, so last, last I watched wrestling and our, our friend on Twitter, Telly two putts reached out. He, he wanted to know about this. He wanted us to discuss this. How fucking old is this guy? Mean Gene. So last I watched wrestling was probably, I would say around 1986 right. and mean Gene was there. And he was, he was bald, but he keeps the hair on the sides. And he was an older gentleman at the time. He was, de- I, he was already jowly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He had the, he had the loose face skin for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I figured, yeah, he was in, so 1986, I would say he, we'll give him the benefit. Let's say he was 56 we'll, in 86. Yeah. 56 years old in 1986. So that was 32 years ago. Right. So he would be 88 now, 88. right? Yeah, and when they showed footage of Andre, Andre the Giant, some of it was 76. Now, that was the year I was born. So yeah. 40, he's 42 years older than me. So, yeah, that would make yes. him 50. I mean, uh, that would make him 88. 88. 88 years old. Okay, let's check it out. I'm going to Google it right now. I have not looked before. There's a couple things going on here. Mean Gene, born December 19th, 1942. Oh, 70s. He's in his 70s, Ed. He's 75 years old. December 19th? So he celebrated his his birthday once upon a time with the All-Valley Karate Tournament. That was December 19th. Oh, that's on December 19th. So that means, so wait, subtract 32 years from 75. That means he was in his early 40s. <laughs> he was our age. He was the age we are now. Oh, no, it's not. When, mean, when we were watching must, wrestling. He must have been like, he must not, he must not have gotten any sleep in the 80s. He looked I mean, real tired. He's oh, it's like 75. Is sprightly. Like I know 75 year old guys that ski faster than anybody on the hill. Like I know 75 year old guys that are yeah. active. Like 75. Yeah, my is stepfather not what it was. 75, and he, or he might be 77, and he's like, yeah, Mister Fix It. Yeah, he's like out doing stuff. Uh, <laughs> mean Gene, he was our age. Yeah, that's not, now. That's not so good. Then that's a. Uh, that reminds me, R.I.P. Well, there's a couple who died this week. 
We got well, breaking news. Nightcore. Babs Bush. Yeah, Babs Bush. Although yeah. <laughs> I sent you that tweet. She went out like a champ. Drinking bourbon. She was like, you know, I, I remember maybe during the weekend they said like, yeah, we've passed the point in overturn, no treatment. And she just was, you know, struggling with her lung capacity, but yeah. she was talking with loved ones and drinking bourbon this weekend. Fucking hey, good for her. Good That's for how her. I want to go out. Yeah, it's a good way to go. Surrounded by family. But we also lost this week Harry Anderson. Mm-hmm. And somebody somebody tweeted, or maybe I think no, it was on Facebook. Yeah. Somebody hit tried us to on shame Facebook us and said that it had something to do with Nightcourt's <laughs> early exit from our eighties sitcom yeah. tournament. <laughs> right. I mean, during Nightcourt, he was a an avowed fan of Mel Torme. So I figured at that point he was already in his mid fifties. <laughs> I mean, well, he I, looked pretty good for his mid fifties, but. Like yes. he was all into old timey, yeah. you know, old hats and and he did magic. He wore fedoras. He did not he seem like a man time. of his era. Yeah. So he died just a few days ago, and I thought this was a misprint. He was sixty five when he died. Right. So that means in he was the in his thirties during night court. It, yeah, in the early eighties or mid eighties. Yeah, Cheers. When night court was on. He was in his early 30s, Ed. Yeah, he was that guy on like to mid 30s. Pre night court, he would just show up in the intro part before the song and cheers and just like bilk them out of money for a card trick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So NBC execs are like, get this guy a show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, like he was a a magician comic. Uh, but R.I.P. I just had I had no idea he was so young. That's all. I don't know what took him. I assume it was uh, the big C. The love of Mel Torme. Guy. Um, uh, and then uh, last week you said that there were some things to unpack from A Quiet Place, which uh, I think was the like number one movie for a couple weeks now. It's I could see why people want to see it. And I definitely, I saw it and I definitely, um, I, I would say I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was original. Very a hundred percent original. I, I texted somebody. I'm like, I texted my buddy and I'm like, Hey, a quiet place. Got to talk about it. And he's like, and he's like, I haven't seen it yet. And then the next day he texted me and he's like, I would have just built my house by the waterfall. <laughs> that's that's one part. So the premise of this yeah. movie. For, so hold on, hold hang on, on hold hang on. on. I'm just saying. For, okay, yeah, yeah, everybody. If you scrub ahead five minutes, you will definitely miss our quiet place discussion, and um, you'll also miss some great content. But that's for sure. But we, I promise, we're not going to go on that long. But the premise of this movie is that like these people need to stay quiet. Because there's some creature that if you make noise, they're gonna they're gonna come get you. Yeah, exactly. Um, they have they have no sense except for the the sense of hearing these monsters, right. aliens, whatever they are. And we're about That's fifteen nice. minutes into the epidemic or what you know, post attack, yeah. whatever it is. Fifteen months. Yeah, it's, well, no, it starts out eighty nine days. Oh, it does. Yeah, so the very so at the beginning, it's eight, and we're gonna spoil this. So just one more warning: it's eighty nine days in. The movie starts. 
at a um, they're in a st- they're foraging. Oh, and like a for, like a CVS, like an abandoned CVS. Right. For things at a pharmacy that apparently has no birth control pills. So we'll get to that later. But yeah, that, that was where I was going. They're foraging at a pharmacy. And the, 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 what sets the movie in motion is you can't make any noise. And they've learned this in the 89 days since the first attack. Right. And this, uh, the one kid gets something that makes noise and the dad takes the batteries out of it and then just sets them down. And that's how, that's what spurs the, the movie on. My question to you is this. They have laid a trail of sand from their home farm all the way to town and through town. Mm. A 50-pound bag of sand. <laughs> so so you the your feet, so you don't make any noise. You're just walking around. How much noise do you think they made dumping all those fucking bags of sand that would have taken months? Or did they get a truck? Did they have a truck? Did they pull up a truck and dump it? They tend to make noise. Trucks tend and to make also, noise. Also, they have to be barefoot so they don't make any noise. Or is, is the is the whole ground a, a, a basketball court and they all have fresh sneakers? Because I, I walk around in sneakers and I feel like I don't make a fucking sound ever. Right. Like, Unless you, you got a weird orthotic, shoes. you know, overall. Yes, or limp. Yeah, sneakers are pretty quiet. <laughs> the shoes are not going to make any more sound than your pants swishing together or just right. any or the wind. Like you could wear shoes. I, that was an extra element that I didn't need. Okay. I don't think you would have needed to lay a trail of sand. And I think if you had laid a trail of sand from your farm outside of town right. to the town, where'd they get, where'd the, they get the sand? They're in like Iowa. Where'd they get the sand? Yes. They're in the, yeah. They're, so, <laughs> they're in a farming community. Um, that's my main thing. Secondly, that's the number one issue I had. I had issues throughout. Secondly, what four-year-old knows how to put batteries in something? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, you, you figure you figure it would have been drilled into his head that not to make any noise, and then yeah. he makes a really loud noise, and he does nothing to like muffle the noise. It's like. Everybody seems to be on the same page here, kid. And also, you're the most dexterous four-year-old I've ever met because I never met a four-year-old that could place batteries in a child's toy. Well, the older brother – I mean, I totally agree with that one. The older brother was the friend in the movie Wonder, and I found myself getting like all like uh, uh, emotional thinking about Wonder again. I don't don't know if I can see. That poor actor is just going to make me sad all, or it's not even like sad, just makes me, I don't know, I'll tell you, it gets pretty dusty during Wonder. Um, So they have a deaf daughter. Yes. And yet she's the, she's the watch. She's the last link between the four-year-old and murder. Right. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, like, it's all about keeping the quiet. So... For some reason, the parents are up front, and they got a deaf daughter looking after the four-year-old, but they let the four-year-old go last in the line. I feel like right. when they make these missions, I would think you know they're very precise uh, to the point where they've laid sand Mom in the middle in the of front, Iowa. Dad in the back. Yes, yeah, I like, didn't even think of that. Yes, I mean when we go on when we're walking through a foreign <laughs> totally. city. Like yes. one parent is always gonna like when you've got somebody that young, you've got to have a parent 
Yes. In the rear. You can never let... In, instead, they've got the deaf daughter with her back to the four-year-old. That's great. <laughs> like, great point. Like, but the, my <laughs> biggest point. issue, and then they skip ahead, to, so it's 15 months. So now we are well-established what's going on. We're deep. And you have your run of every CVS in the area. So there are more, there are more medical supplies than you could use. There are many precautions you can take. Some of it, which require no pharmaceuticals, but continue. And yet Emily Blunt, who I am a big fan. uh, I like her too. too. uh, She's fully pregnant by this point. So like, so we're talking, so what, 15 months. So, you know, this is a few months after after the incident right. yes. where they had a four-year-old that just could not keep quiet and got, got himself murked. Right. Like, right in front so of like, everybody. Let's bring another child into this world. Like, this is, <laughs> yes. this is insane. It's just not the time for that. It's, it's not the time. It's, it's insane. I mean, it, like, September what? 11th made people pause for having kids. Like, this would have been like, yeah, I'm really going to have to think about this just, I get it. Like times are stressful. You got to blow off a little steam. Sure. I, t- I totally understand, but just maybe just mouth stuff <laughs> or just, yeah. Or just when you, you have when the you pill you're about to finish, you, you have the pill. Like, there's, there's, and not there's just, so many do you have the pill? You have the pill for an entire community. Cause everyone else is dead. Right. There's plenty of pills around. Right. Like, you could be on the pill and condoms. You could have, you could, have, you could, proof method of the rhythm method you could do rhythm condoms and the pill at the same time like i would be that i would be that careful having a child is something you discuss i don't i refuse to believe that it's something that just happens you have to actually attempt to impregnate someone i'm i'm convinced especially in those circumstances like (laughs) do they get did they test out like they got inside that baby crib with the lid on it and they right they got down to business (laughs) yes it's, yeah, because they would have to be very quiet if they were going right. to bang it out. We know John Krasinski is not not allowed comer, right? Because he would have been <laughs> murdered. Have, they have all the time in the world to knit things. Another question: <laughs> It's good. It's good that she's homeschooling the kids, like keeping up on their studies, right? I guess. I don't know what like. I don't use long division too often. I gotta be honest. <laughs> you know how, like, when you're a kid in school and you're like, "When am I going to need this?" Well, in this uh, in this particular <laughs> scenario, you can really say that. Like, when am I going to need long division? We got yes. like creatures <laughs> murdering you Never. if you say math out loud. Never, and maybe just like <laughs> have a few more loud diversions. Like, y- yes, you can. Yes, light off some fireworks. That's fucking great. That'll that will take their attention away. Maybe have that in two places. Like you have, you clearly, you have all the fireworks. You you have everything. I mean, just, I did. There was part of me that fantasized. I was like, holy shit. If you didn't have to like deal with anything, you could have all of every supply. You just couldn't have like perishable goods. You couldn't have like cheese, but you could have like a million fireworks, a million jars of peanut butter. There are a lot of things you could just have. Yes, canned items. Yeah. Like these doomsday preppers have it figured out. They had a whole silo full of corn. Like a lot of stuff they had figured out. So then Krasinski, Jim from the office, uh, he gets his lunch eaten, and but he sacrifices himself. 
yeah. which I don't, I, he was mortally wounded. Like I get, I get that you're, that you're giving yourself up for the kids. Cause you didn't think to set up two fireworks displays, but also that thing, like put its wing elbow thing, like completely through the middle of you. Like, I don't know how you're still standing up, right. but good one for taking one for the team. And then the mom and I'm all, Hey, me too. Like I'm all for women's empowerment. It felt, um, a little, like a little bit of pandering, but that's okay. I'm, I'm all for female action heroes. It's great, but it seems like they're a little too excited to have figured out the, um, the, the end game for the aliens, considering that their old man, their provider was literally to death by that's one true. of them like 12 seconds before I mean, that's before true there was a lot of high-fiving yes a lot of thumbs up like when dad just got taped like right. like <laughs> maybe it, i know movies speed ahead time but we're speeding ahead like 26 minutes like dad was yes, like really he was yes. he was fucking murdered and like they're they are <laughs> high-fiving like we did it it was yeah like <laughs> They're not going to re- be repopulating the planet. They haven't been able to contact anybody on the radio. Like shit is still pretty bleak, even if they're able to shotgun the rest of these things. Like, don't be so fucking happy. Your old, your dad just fucking died in front of you. Sacrificed right. himself. Right. Anyway, but uh, place. But all that, all that being said, I thought it was good. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> liked it. Like people were. People were like stand up. They're like, Mom, somebody screamed out, "Mom of the year!" in the theater, and everybody's like, "Yeah!" and like clapping their hands. And I'm like, Did, "You guys didn't see all the holes in this plot. Like, you're just you're just gonna just ignore all that and just <laughs> go for it." Yeah, which I could be more like that. Um. Okay. All right. Let's do some. We've been talking for a long. Yeah, time. Yeah, we have. Let's do some voicemail or email. Yeah. Well, I'm taking a sip of water. Dear Ed Bryan, lifting question. In order to gain lean mass, one must lift heavy and eat a shitload of food. Is it possible to do this without getting a gut? Please advise. Thanks, Frank in L.A. Not when you're 42 years old. Nope. No, there's no answers. I mean, I know. I know. There are plenty of people that have a lot to say. But, like, I, I think the answer is you can never have fun. When it comes to eating or drinking. Like, um, yeah, like no, you can't. The occasional cheeseburger for me is worth like 10 pounds. Yeah, totally. The occasional couple of beers is it's just it's like if I just did like straight carbs and vegetables and stuff like I, I yeah. suppose. But like right. for me, like it's not like a cheat day is just like a moment when I want to, you know, just have a little of this and it. It always fails. It's, a couple of beers set you back so far. Yeah. It's like, hey, maybe I should just eat a loaf of bread bread tonight. Yeah. Some somebody told me that I eat too much fruit, and I was like, it's probably right. Except that, what? I can't eat fucking fruit. Like <laughs> an apple just a day. Fruit. Apple yeah, a day makes me all fat. You fucking berries in the morning. It yeah. makes me. It's gonna keep me being a fucking fat ass. Uh, so yes, Frank, that is like, uh, that's what people do. They eat, they eat a lot to get muscle and then they, they lean out afterwards. I, I seem to have a set, uh, really difficult time. with. But this ultimately thing. you, you just, you need to, if, if you really just want to be exactly, you know, just yoked, like you have to go with the food is fuel and nothing else. And you have to, 
I've, I've told myself maybe I should just look in the mirror every time I'm hungry for like the littlest bit of snack. Yeah. Same. <laughs> just be like, uh, just shame myself every day. It's true. It's true. Plan Bummer. your meals. Like, but you have to be have so incredibly committed at all times. I know. It's hard. And then, then you, and you can never let yourself get too hungry. That's what I notice is like, if I get too hungry, I'll just go fuck it. And I'll just fucking exactly. grab whatever I can. Exactly. And, yeah, so you like have to plan for everything. It fucking sucks. Hey there, would you consider doing a review of Caddyshack? Y'all could have Travis and or Jason as special guest reviewers. This is some production advice here. Yeah. In advance, thank you. That's from Ish. Haven't heard from Ish in a while. Everybody's favorite. He, Ish. He dropped a one liner. I I'll take it. I'll take right. it. So <laughs> I I think you know Caddyshack. It's tough because there's so much like. Ted Knight and Rodney Dangerfield in that movie are yeah. they've got to be close to flawless. Uh but oh there God, yeah, but there are there are parts of that movie. And I know, you know, Ooh, I know people Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. But I'll tell you what. Maggie storyline. I'll tell you what. You know, maybe I'm clouded by recent decades. Ty Chevy Chase. Ty Webb. Yeah. Not as funny as like no. your memory tells you it is. And I love Bill Murray. It's a bit much with that character. Yeah, it's a bit bit ham-handed. Right? Like he it would have been good for one scene maybe? Right. Yeah. But like it's a lot with him. So I I think maybe we could do that, yeah. but the problem it's, is it's, it's, it's down the list. It's it's on there, but it's not Yeah, it's down the list. Yeah. Like I would want to do Teen Wolf before that. Sure. I would want to do I don't fuck. Uh what's the one uh, Roadhouse is good. Right. Roadhouse, suggest- yeah. Roadhouse is people love it because of its flaws. It's, it's so there horrible, would be there yeah. would be you know there would be a lot to unpack there. I like that um, that Patrick Swayze is like five, six, mm-hmm. and seven eighths, and a hundred and forty three and a half pounds, and feathered and hair, and feathered with- hair. <laughs> With with feathered hair, with frosted tips, and yeah, he's 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 got a sleeveless shirt on and boots, but he's the baddest motherfucker around. When, when any decent sized human being could just pick him up and fucking fling him across the room or just flick him away, right? Uh, just think of the story fun. when Chuck Zito just knocked out John Claude Van Damme at uh, yes. scores. Yes. John Claude Van Damme's tiny. He's, right? he's a he's small human being. Perfect yeah. shape. He's been highly trained, but like ultimately, you get a big ass Hell's Angel. He's just gonna knock you out. I think John Claude Van Damme. I think I read somewhere that he was originally gonna be the Predator in Predator, what? like he was gonna be in the suit or whatever. No, oh, I thought he was just gonna like dance around in his uh, high high waisted jeans. Right. <laughs> I think then they were like, "Oh no, this guy's." This guy's too little. We can't have this little guy as this big, imposing beast. We got to get somebody big to do it. <laughs> uh, so we'll take it under advisement. Ish, it uh, we could do. We could do any movie. We still got to get Travis Rogers. Desperately wants to do um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think we should definitely do that with him if we can ever book him. He's pretty busy these days. But we'll do more movies. Caddyshack, great movie. It's in the. It's in the conversation. It is. But. Well, and, we, and the thing is, we just got to start doing more movies in general. Yeah. So they're always love good. the movies. They're always good. We got so we got to start doing more of them. Yeah. Uh, but th- hey, Ish, thanks for reaching out, bud. Thanks, it's bud. Good hearing from you. Yeah. Good dude. For sure. Hi, ballers. Episode two fifteen was another masterpiece. 
When you were talking about John Cruck, it reminded me that I was lucky enough to make a stop in West Virginia at John Cruck Field. I cannot speak to whether or not there was a Rain City Jacks component to any of the buildings. He, he includes a picture, by the way, and it's just <laughs> as sad of a little league field in West Virginia as you're picturing. Also, I lived in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Oh, we talked about a, a toilet, a serial toilet mm. clogger in Sheboygan. Years ago, and I was shocked that the location of the clogging wasn't Legend Larry's, a local favorite for wings. They have an appropriately named Scary Larry sauce that was dangerous to consume. What is happening? Porcelain products. (laughs) There's a wing place near me that has just the fucking best wings. The wings are so good and they're so good that you just find yourself you just can't stop eating them and they're hot but they're not like if you get just like the medium they're hot but they're not they're they're more have more of a tang and a flavor and so you don't think that much of it you just eat a bunch of wings and you're feeling good you're drinking beer oh but the next day yeah next day you're just you gotta keep a close distance yeah, you're burning. Things are hot. Things yeah. things are coming out much hotter than when they went in. So I have to avoid that. Yeah, place. that's my big problem. Anytime I go like that, you know, a spicy wing it seems yeah. to it seems to like double up the spice on the way out. It really does. I totally agree with you. I just it just doesn't agree with me, and that's a part of getting older. Um, and and he finishes, and finally, the workplace HR training reminded me of the following story that is very relevant. And then he then he includes a story about a guy in Australia that sued his employer for one point eight million dollars for workplace harassment because his employer would just walk over and lift his leg and fart directly on his subordinates oh, no. to the point that he was called Mister Stinky. And I don't, this seems like an open and shut case to me. Not only should this guy have been awarded his, the, his requested damages of 1.8 million Australian dollars, this guy should have been brought up on charges. This, this is, this is direct assault right here. Easy, clear cut, open and shut case. And I don't know, I don't know how the Australian legal system works. We could ask somebody that comes on the show, but I feel like she doesn't have any better right. grasp right. than I do. Uh, but this guy's case was thrown out. He had no case. The, the, the serial farting boss was exonerated somehow, which was shocking. Oh, to me. I thought you were going to say that there's no case for appeal. Like he's stuck in jail forever. No, no, that's, that's what it should have been. Yeah. You should not fart at work. No. Uh, okay. Keep it baller. That is from Ben nine Oh six. Thank you for that, Ben. Then we have a couple of voicemails. Let's, let's just burn through these voicemails. Yeah, quickly. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, what's up, Ed and uh, the other guy? A couple episodes behind, so I'm catching up right now. I should. I mean, this guy's not hashtag Team Current. He's and he admits it up front. Hey, I, I'm not. I'm only current on like one podcast. So should we let we let him continue? Of course. All right. The eighty sitcom bracket episode, and uh, all this talk about loud comers. <laughs> I find myself wondering: Am I a loud comer? Oh, it's something to consider. I'm not asking the wife, but what I need to know is, is that something I want to find out about myself? That's a good question. Thanks, guys. That's a good question. I, I, I feel like you got to know about yourself. Well, it's like, do you want to know, do you want to ask your wife, honey, is 
my dick the fattest dick that's ever been inside of you? Do you want to ask that question? Because guess what? Unless you're, uh, I can't think of it. It's a huge dong. Unless you're Brandon Spikes. Yeah. The answer to that question is probably no. Yeah. You are not girth, wind, and fire. Yeah, you don't want to know. So if you are a loud comer, like, what's the benefit to knowing? Because then you're going to be real self-conscious about it. When really, I mean, that's the one time you just need to let your freak flag fly. Just, like, let it go. Like, just oh, I'm you an, can come how you come. Nah, I'm, I'm ninja. You wouldn't. You're, I, I, you're I, a silent comer. I would exist in the quiet place. Really? Oh, you could, you just, the, those, I mean, those monster alien things would not find yeah, you. They would just, just, they would just pass right by. Not they even would, a grunt. They wouldn't even know if I'm napping or, or having sex. I, um, I don't feel like I'm like an especially loud comer. I, I mean, again, there's, we could probably yeah, get could that information. <laughs> But I don't know. I I used to love when Stern would play the clip of this like guy that was trying to make a name for himself in porn. It's like Nick something. And he'd be like, yes. Yeah. Oh, dropping loads. Dropping loads. The dropping loads guy. (laughs) That guy was awesome. I believe he got a a ringtone out of that. I believe he sold some ringtones. (laughs) Can you imagine if you heard that ringing? Like you're in CVS and you hear dropping loads. Imagine just what, what a Sahara desert your woman, your partner would become as soon as you started the <laughs> dropping loads <laughs> mantra for yourself. Uh, I feel like I'm, I like to, I like to make everyone aware of what's happening because it's not always obvious, you know? So it's like, I definitely, right. no, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, com- I'm communicative. I'm just right. saying like, if you're, if you're like down the hall, you don't know what I'm up to. Right. Oh Yeah. For sure. If you're if you're inches from my face, yeah, you know what I'm up to. For sure. I'm not like, saying I'm silent. I'm saying I'm saying monsters passing by my house wouldn't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like my kids have ever like and, heard me like really going. Yeah. At remember, it. remember uh, a couple weeks ago, Toe Cutter was asking about who's celebrities. I don't know what, why mm-hmm. this came to me, but I feel like Kelsey Grammer is a pretty loud one. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, he's very theatrical. Like a lot of tossed salad and, and scrambled eggs kind of thing. Yeah, he's got that deep voice. Right. Yeah, and he loves he's to perform. He's got that timber. Yeah, he really does. I could definitely see him as a loudcomer. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, Hugh Jackman, I feel mm. like he... May, oh, he's maybe a song not so and much dance a, guy. Yeah, maybe not so much a loudcomer, but I feel like he really styles his finishes where he's like got a top hat and he's like, ha ha! <laughs> What do you think about that? <laughs> and he's like, so it's like not really, it's not really right. the actual orgasm that's loud. But and that's really wants to let you know. all that I've got. Yes. Like, yes. like that. that. Uh, that's, good. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Okay. One more email or a voicemail. Let's, yeah. let's see what this guy says. Hi, Brian. Uh, this is Brett in New York, New York. Uh, big fan of your podcast. I heard you mention the number on uh, your show, and I wanted to say I really love it. My favorite. I like this guy already. Mm. I like this guy, Brett, from New York, New York. He's got the accent. Just hi to you, okay? <laughs> I you know, there are others here. But go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, it's fine. I'm like a mile yeah, away from you. Yeah. 
bachelor lifestyle. I really hope to continue to do it for the bachelorette. Um, I just absolutely love the way you recap the show and make fun of it, especially with, uh, Jason, I think his name is oh, Jason, but, oh, Jason. Um, Jason gets a mention. Really That's phenomenal. good. I'm so glad. This is like the Chris Farley show. To listen to your uh, podcast and to get to know it a little bit, and yeah. um, you're welcome. Really funny stuff. You have a great, great oh. sense of humor, and I'm a big fan, man. So oh. I just wanted to let you know that. All right, thanks a lot. What a nice guy. New York, New York nice guy. Really like this guy. <laughs> Uh, I had to, I heard this earlier and I had to forward it to Jason Stewart because I was pretty adamant that I'm not interested in covering the bachelorette on this show. Mm. I wasn't really interested in covering the bachelor, but I got put up to it by the listeners. And I feel like Jason Stewart has a friend in New York, New York called Brett and he's put him up. I see where this is going. Contacting the show. I, but I especially like, Brett, that maybe Brett wants to listen to the rest of our show, you know, just to see what's well, going yeah, on. I think he listens to the whole thing. He's just wanted to, point, you know, how people will like point out the parts. Sure, that like. sure. It, it just would have been nice if he maybe like you know said hi to me too. Well, <laughs> I mean, what what if he like, hey, called you the other I, guy? Yeah, I mean, I that's true. That's true. No, I'm 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 proud of you. Proud of Jason. <laughs> proud of Brett. You know. Yeah, Brett's a, yeah, he's a New Yorker. Maybe you guys hang out and get some beers, get sure. to know each other. Seems like we got a lot in common. That reminds me, we got a few uh, iTunes reviews that oh, I did. wanted to that I wanted to acknowledge. My mouth is so dry today, and I haven't smoked any weed or anything. It's just all this talking. Um, so there's a few new there's a few new reviews. Five stars. I I don't know if. You guys remember if you're not caught up, but I, I went on and checked the reviews recently and a couple of uh, pussies, a couple of fucking spineless fucking scumbags gave us one star reviews, which is fine. You want to you want to talk a little shit? Put your name on that shit. You're going to give me a one star review. You're going to troll me. You we tell got me more. Why. No, no, it's just the two I'm talking. About. I just got worked up about it again. <laughs> Uh, but we have we have a few new five star reviews. Oh, heroes. Uh, this mean. one this one's from someone called Aeroplum. Although although it's I don't maybe I'm reading this wrong. It just not doesn't sound glowing. I think he might still be trying to roast us as we. Oh yeah, the roast is over. Do, I already gave right. a book and or, didn't I yes. give the book and then somebody's like I could have bought it or no he said I don't want your book. Oh he did. Wasn't that it that like no, he sent him the book. I thought he was excited to get the book. Oh. I think we're. Oh no! Have somebody, him. somebody during the roast was like, "If I want win, please don't send me the book." Oh, that's pretty good. That, that was pretty. Won. That we should have. We should have given him the yeah. winner. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, but this is from Aeroplum. Listen to a an middle aged white guy who is still trying too hard. Talk to a middle aged white guy who gave up in college. Well, who's who? Hey, who's um, am I trying too hard? And you gave up in college. Mm. I didn't give up, so I guess I'm trying too hard. I mean, I'm no, because I'm I'm probably trying too hard because of, of all my jewelry and my fanny pack and stuff. I think that's what he's talking about, or maybe he's just talking about the well, way. What we did talk. I give up on? I gave up on talking. I don't know about that either. They give opinions on the same news headlines your out of touch mom forwards you, and oh. unironically talk about people being basic. Particularly of note was a, you might be basic if 
Jeff Foxworthy inspired bit. That's not true. Somebody asked us, somebody emailed and wanted to know if certain things were basic. Yeah, I didn't even know what basic was. And yeah, that's a Kate bit. Uh, my favorite, but then he, then he ends it very glowingly. And I like this guy, my favorite podcast. I listen every week, five stars. That's uh, nice. Okay. That. Another one, Thanks. Ryan from Colorado, the karate kid pot, the karate kid two podcast changed my life. I would agree with that. Um, I, this one I like, I'm here for the politics <laughs> This is from chasing greatness. <laughs> <laughs> Those three minutes were profound. <laughs> that guy, that guy wins. There's an award. Yeah. That guy won it. Uh, and finally, very funny and entertaining. Always look forward to the next episode. That's from Fat Boy Sam. I appreciate it, guys. Go yeah, to thank, iTunes. Thanks, guys. Just yeah, next so time, be more specific show. when you're insulting us. Like, let us know. Yes. So, I feel like I'm trying too hard. Well, and you're. But what you're are you? The, I mean, what does that mean? I don't. I don't know. I don't I'm trying too hard to entertain you. Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, we're 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 pretty much being great all the time. So I'm not right. sure I mean, what we're trying or not trying at, but it's we're not, succeeting. I know that it's not much because we're, we're just, being we just great. Do this and it's just fucking like it's gold. Nothing. It's gold. Yeah, it's just this is what we do. We just come on here, we just bullshit, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, thanks for that, guys. Yeah, leave, thanks. <clears throat> leave a review, iTunes. The ball, slash the baller lifestyle, whatever. Go on iTunes and leave a review. Uh, Ed, let's talk some sports. Let's All right, sports. sports. Let's go. Action. Let's go back to what I started the show with: youth sports. So, the fra- father of a New Hampshire youth baseball player says two coaches in his daughter's league conspired to have her beans so she would quit the league, according to Foster's Daily Democrat. Two coaches said they would instruct a player to bean Klein's daughter, strike her in the head with a baseball during practice, in order to intimidate her into leaving the program. The conversation allegedly took place during a draft meeting to assign players to team rosters. Now, Brian, two questions. One, why would anyone care about this whatsoever, a girl being in the league? And two, have you ever met anyone from New Hampshire? I'm starting to think the place isn't real. Yeah, okay. Somebody explained this to us. New Hampshire's the one that's like the skinny part of it is up. Yeah. So like there's the two right next to each other. Vermont is the one that's like it's inside. That's skinny to fat. It goes skinny at it's the top. At fat. the top. I just know because I've been to Vermont and I've never been north of there. So I haven't been to New Hampshire or Maine, but I know some people from Maine. I know people that go to Maine because it's really nice in the summer. I, I know some people from Maine too, but I'm still not convinced it actually exists. New Hampshire's not a real place. I don't think so. Is there like who like Bernie Sanders? Where's he from? Vermont. Vermont. Yeah, right. that's why I'm saying like if there was any people we would know, if there was any person we know from New Hampshire, you'd think it's Bernie Sanders, but no. It's the other one, the one that goes uh, fat, fat to skinny. Which one's Montpelier? Montpelier, Vermont. Vermont. Fuck, yeah. you're right. I think New Hampshire might be like Concord or some bullshit place. Oh, like bullshit. That's not, not even. Th- it's Concord. not a place. New Hampshire's not a place. No. And no, also, I'm not buying it. Like, I mean, what what fucking decade? Like, we're talking about girls being in. I mean, the the easy solution is like if she's terrible. Then she strikes out like it's a yeah. pretty 
you know, there's a meritocracy when it comes to like baseball. You Oh no, there's boys that suck on that team too. Right. Like so if this girl it, is raking, like, okay, yeah. well then she's great. Like what I don't I don't get why a dad would care about this kind of thing. Because little league fucking dads. But are I, I get the worst. But I, yes, they're the worst. But like they would care like if their son's not getting the strike call or whatever, like what do they give a shit about some random girl? I don't know. Like yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna try to hurt a girl. Like what what kind of monster? This is what just, makes me think New Hampshire is not like an actual place. She's just a player on the team. I there did have a- last year. I coached a baseball team, and a dad. I think a, a dad emailed me and was like, "Hey, my daughter doesn't want to play softball. She's a fan of watching baseball with me, and she wants to play baseball. You know, but she's a little nervous about it." And I was like, "All right, I think that's cool. Like, you know, we're welcome to anyone." And I get the same things when I coach basketball. Like some parents are like, she's a little nervous about being one of the only girls on the team. It's like, I don't, I don't care. Like, and, but in this baseball thing, the guy like pumped it up. Like his daughter's excited to play baseball, but you know, it's a little weird that she's the only girl on the team. And then she like starts crying in week one. She goes, I don't want to do this. My dad wants me to do this. And I was like, okay, oh, like no. you got to take this up with your dad. Cause like, I, yeah. like, I will help you out here, but like, I don't, I don't want to force you to do something you don't want to do, but like, this is not something I'm just the coach. So if you're on the team, I'm going to try to play you. But like, but it was real weird. Like it was the dad that was super excited for his girl to play baseball. Yeah, But imagine being a fucking little league coach that decided to throw at anyone. Exactly. Like, boy or girl. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Who, who, how are you convinced that this fucking matters, you fucking weirdo? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right, absolutely nothing matters in in this game. Yeah, what are you trying to teach these fucking kids? Even like, if you were from a real state, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, it's just um, la- the last year I coached was was the last year my kid played, and he got beaned. He got hit by a pitch directly midway in the fucking middle of his back, his first at bat in the first three games. And he was like, not that into baseball to begin with. (laughs) That's a good way to say, you know what? I'm really not into it now. Yeah. And then he was just like over it. Like the he didn't, he didn't swing the fucking bat the rest of the season. And, uh, but we had a girl on our team and she was okay. I was coaching third base and there was this fucking crafty kid on the mound. This fucking kid. Like this is, I think these, they were like nine. It was the first year, eight, no, nine. It's the first year that you pitch to the other team where you're like, you have. Pitchers. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of control kid, problems at that level. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a kid on third base and the kid at the plate, it's a comebacker. And I go, okay, go halfway. And they fucking barely listen to you. But he's he, like, I make a line in the dirt and I'm like, go to here, you know? And right. so the kid goes halfway down the line. And the pitcher fields it, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty nice. He, he picked it pretty good. And he kind of looks my guy back, and I'm like, that's all right. And he fucking go, turns to throw the runner out at first base. Yeah. And I'm like, go, 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 go. And I sent my guy. This motherfucker beat me. Oh, no. He pumped the throw to first base and turned back around and flipped it to the catcher and fucking tagged my guy out. What an asshole. I got fucking deked by a kid. Yeah, that's fucking hard. I didn't know he had that ability. I couldn't imagine 
he had the presence of mind to outthink yours truly, but he fucking did. Now it's time to hang up the uh, yeah, the hat and spikes. That was it for me. I'm pretty sure most of the parents hated me anyway. I was always sending kids. I just send them, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, they go. have a no steal rule in, in my kids' league. So. Right. Just go, score, score, score. Keep going. Like, make them make a throw. And sometimes, hey, sometimes they would make that throw. Uh, okay, what else is going on? 23-year-old Connecticut substitute teacher Ryan Fish encouraged Montville High School students to battle it out while other kids recorded on their cell phones and cheered, police said. Yeah. In one... In one video, the affidavit states two students openly slapped each other with full force as a visibly present fish gives directions to get away from the door. In another video, uh, fish is shown moving a trash can out of the way to prolong the altercation. The fight only ended after one of the students threw up and was holding his head. <laughs> I tr- I try to be the teacher that kids could come to and actually express themselves and kind of actually kind of work through their issues. Fish told police kind of have a social thing. Now fish was charged Thursday with two counts of risk of injury to a child, four counts of reckless endangerment and one count of breach of peace. According to the state of Connecticut judicial branch, the truth is I'm an idiot and wanted to befriend them. Fish told investigators and Brian, is there anything sadder than an adult man who wants to hang out with high school kids? Uh, no, it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird to like want to be liked. Like, hey guys, hey I buddies. Mean, don't you feel like like you're a maybe not even a year removed from high school, like six months removed from high school? Yeah. And even if you were like me, you didn't particularly give a shit about all the goings on in high school. Sure. Like when you're just a like a little bit removed from it, you realize just how stupid it is. It's so dumb. And it's so, and this guy's five years removed from high school. Right. It's so like insular. Like you're just, you're like, in it doesn't it matter. You think, you think it's the whole world and you think everybody's thinking about you when really right. everyone's thinking about them fucking selves, just of like course. you are. And, and then, and yeah. And as soon as you, it ends, you're like, Oh, right. It's like New Hampshire that Little League Baseball. Nothing. Yeah, no, like, nobody cares. No, there's a fucking whole world outside, and there's real shit happening, and none of that shit fucking mattered whatsoever. Not even a little. Um, but like encouraging kids to fight each other. I I remember in freshman football, somebody on the team brought like boxing gloves, and they were just there. And I remember after practice, we would like fucking box each other in the locker room. And it wasn't like sanctioned. Right. Like the Just school didn't get out a little. Yeah. It didn't say like, Hey guys box each other, but also it wasn't like, it wasn't an all out Donnie Brook. It was just right. I it like, was like two guys would get in there and then somebody would hit my face a whole bunch of times. And I'd be like, okay, okay, okay. All right, let, but let me be clear. I am always on the side of high school boys getting punched in the face. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always pro that. That's true. I agree with that. Uh, but it, it's weird to like be involved in it. It's one thing to look the other way. It's like those parents that smoke pot with their kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get that you know your 15 year old smokes pot and that you also enjoy smoking pot, but just, just it coexist in a world where those, those two parallel lines do not cross. Yeah. Just, just be the pretend you don't, don't know. crack down parent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just don't just play dumb. 
you are you're in denial. You don't know and pretend they don't know that you smoke pot and just never intersect those things. And you're fine. Everything's fine. One time I was uh, visiting my friend in Philly and we went to a Phillies game and we were tailgating a little and there was maybe two cars over. There was a father son team with the uh, nitrous tank. And they were they were doing they were doing whippets together, and the guy's like, "Philly, this is my dad. We're doing whippets together." I was like, "This this is not a this is not a good thing. Like that's not. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure no dads are supposed to sanction this one. This is not like there are a lot of cool father and son things. Like whippets are not. It's just not okay. No, no." Got 100%. Like, <laughs> bond in another way. Like, right. Besides. You're going to a baseball game. You're already there. You're already, like, at a bonding thing. Like, just have a couple beers. Like, whip, it's, it's, it's just not the thing for fathers and sons. That's really, and that's, like, aggressive ball game behavior. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, let you in on the surprise. But these guys look like this wasn't their first time doing whippets. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. They look like maybe they were a little slow already. <laughs> um, speaking of guys that are not slow. Oh, my goodness. UCLA, former UCLA guard, Lakewood High School player, athlete, Russell Westbrook. I saw him wearing a sweatshirt that had like all holes. He's known for his sartorial style. Yes. He really gets after it. I saw him wearing a ripped up sweatshirt, but apparently – some controversy in during the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, back to just his overall game. Like, I'm not, I told you, I'm a Knicks fan, but not an NBA fan. Like, I just, there's only so much you can keep up with in life. Uh, but, especially the first round of the playoffs. But anytime I see this guy, he's going 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is what you want. If you're an NBA fan, like, Russell Westbrook is the guy. Because... Yeah, I mean, or LeBron, like, but Same. most NBA players, like, yeah, they pick their spots. Like, maybe in the playoffs they pick more spots, but West, Russell Westbrook, whether it's game three or game three of the, uh, you know, the, the playoffs, he's he's just going all out. And so after, I like how people are talking shit. They're like, he averaged a triple double for the season. What a, he's just chases the stats. That's like guess one, what? One of those stats is like the most unselfish stat, right? Yeah, but but also like if anybody else could ch- quote chase those stats, they would because that's <laughs> fucking amazing that a guy could do that for an entire season. Right. It's always good to get that stat, of course. Um, so in his final regular season game, Westbrook had six points, twenty rebounds, and nineteen assists and a win over the Grizzlies to finish with his second consecutive triple-double season, averaging a triple-double. Oh, two in a row. I didn't know that. Yeah. So after a Westbrook three during the game, Fox Sports Oklahoma play-by-play broadcaster Brian Davis exclaimed, Westbrook is out of his cotton-picking mind. Yes. Now, inexplicably, Davis was only suspended for one game. Well... Now, Brian. Yes. What are the odds that Brian Davis also has a sweet collection of Al Jolson DVDs? I don't. I'm going to. Well, first of all, this guy's called Brian. So how bad could he be? Because he spells it with a Y. Two. Like that is 
such an old timey phrase. I would never, ever, it would not occur to me that that's racist. Like it's this guy weird, is not that old. So, right. But it's a weird thing to say. I mean, you never hear people say cotton picking anything, but it is a thing that people used to say, I guess. And I swear to you, I would never, if I hadn't read the story, maybe I'm just dumb. I would never have associated it with a racist thing. Now, if you stop and analyze it, you go, of course it is, Brian. You're very stupid. It's very racist. But it just didn't – I would never think it was racist if I had been watching the game. I would never have noticed that. I would never have thought of it. I mean it seems to me like an obvious slip of the tongue, and I think this guy should get a pass. I'm certain. He's 55 years old, Brian. Still. If if he were 80, he'd be like, all right, well, the guy was like coming of age before Brown versus Board of Ed. But if he was but if he uh, was 80, that's when it was racist, right? Like the older you are, the closer you are to it being a racist thing, what, right? What watering holes is he hanging out that like cotton picking mind is <laughs> is a thing? It's the Midwest. I don't know. They talk different there. I don't know all the phraseology that they use. I didn't. I'm giving this guy a Brian Davis a break. I'm not thinking I think that you're, he meant to be racist. I think you're being first name favorite. You're playing first name favoritism. <laughs> no, I had this. I had this opinion before he said the guy's name. Cotton picking mind. What? I mean, what? Yes. It's it's de- it's. A I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. There yeah. are racist roots to to that. Of course. <laughs> now, yes. Now, now, upon further review, definitely. I definitely see that. I just can't imagine that that's in the vernacular of someone that means it in a racist way. It's like, I just don't, I'm not, uh, I just, I mean, if you're, I feel like the racist people are the most careful not to say racist things in mixed company or into a microphone, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and also I'm offended. I'm offended by not not. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not a black guy, so I'm definitely not finding as much fault as a black guy would with it. But yes. if you just look at a play by play guy, that's as creative he as he can get. He's out of his cotton picking mind. It's sort yes. of like you know the Imus thing when he was like, "Them some nappy headed hoes," and it's like, yes. that's he not even clever. But I'm saying it's yes. the same with the cotton pick in mind. Like, if this is the best you can do creatively, like you should be fired just for for a lack of vocabulary. Like, yeah, you're no, an I embarrassment to just vocabulary. Yeah, because that's that's that kind of job. I was watching the Kings. Wow, oh, my Kings. Game's about to start actually. Um, the Kings have a new play-by-play guy this year. He might have started okay. last year because the legend Bob Miller retired. And they have a new guy, and I would like didn't take. I wasn't really that into him, you know, because it's a new voice. You're used to watching a team and just hearing one guy do it, and it's like all of a sudden it's different. It's a younger guy, and but then I was like watching, and I was I might have sipped a little bit of Clark and Calgary's Crown Royal. Oh, I did this weekend rye whiskey. Yeah, Delightful. this weekend. So good, so good. I just had it neat, and yeah, I was. I had two glasses of it and it was a very, smooth, very, very drinking smooth. whiskey. Like it was, it was an easy drinker. I could have had more, um, but I was watching the game and I was like, 
mesmerized. I'm like, this is so fucking hard what this guy does. Like to be able to, to, and I know they have help, but just to be able to describe the action in well, front of hockey you. Hockey is so fast. Clear, yeah. It's just happening. And it just, you have to have like these chambered ways of describing things. And they have, they have it in basketball where you just, you're sort of like, it's sort of like a puzzle pieces that you put together. When this happens, I say this, when, when he's at this you know, when he's in this area of the court, I say this, or when the guy dribble drive or whatever. Um, so it is weird. Yeah. You know, where, have, yeah. In the contingency plan, where is cotton picking mind? I know. Yeah. It's, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where look at that little monkey run and just like uh, yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, Alvin you know, Garrett. It's, yeah. It's just like a, I, I don't know how that happens. I just can't in 2018. can't see somebody being that blatantly racist, but I could be wrong. He's blatantly unclever, even nonetheless. That, that I will give you. That, yeah. that I will definitely give you. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if we've ever. Oh no, do Um, I don't know that we've ever discussed here, Ed, how you lost your virginity. Quickly and during the show, but uh, during the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so that can tell you, like, post Wayne's World, you know, when that right. song had a resurgence? Yes. I did it I before the song even rocked. Like, I had started and finished before. I remember they hadn't even gotten to, like, anything but just, like, the intro vocals. Um. Yes. Uh. So, suffice it to say, the person you lost your virginity to was not impressed. Was not an alien from another planet or dimension. Um, she was pretty stupid, but no, okay. she was not an alien. Wow. Uh, because then you're definitely not this guy, David Huggins. He's a painter, and the subject of what I can tell pretty much all of his paintings is the time he lost his virginity to a female extraterrestrial. Oh, interesting. When I was 17, I lost my virginity to a female extraterrestrial. The 74 year old says this is like ratcheting up this summer camp thing, right? In a documentary about him called love and saucers. That's all I can say about it. This apparently happened in 1961 when he was a teenager living on his parents' farm in rural Georgia. I assume many mushrooms were growing on that farm. Apparently, it wasn't the first time extraterrestrials had appeared to him, Ed. He'd been seeing strange creatures since he was eight years old. But on this day, he was walking through the woods near his house and an alien woman appeared and seduced him. Hmm. That's pretty as, nice. This is almost as good as um, the time my buddy was telling me we were like in elementary school, and he was saying he was get getting babysat um, the day before, and the babysitter um, laid naked on top of him and rubbed her tits all over him. What? And I was, and we, I was like, in hindsight, I mean, she was. Clearly a crazy person, and what she did was probably illegal, but he very much enjoyed having it done to him. 
And apparently I, when I was five, my, my babysitter explained what anal sex was to me. And I right. repeated to my parents. Well, that's a little early. That's a, yeah. also that's, that was like the early eighties. Like this, I do. I didn't even realize anal sex. I mean, I know the Greeks invented anal sex, but I didn't know that it was like in the, in the common vernacular at that point. I think I, it, she, it, like my parents, I woke up the next morning and I informed my parents how men have sex with each other. Oh, right, right. Well, that's good. Uh, well, according to this, didn't just happen once. Apparently, these um, extraterrestrial ladies would just come down to his farm and just fuck him all the time. I was sitting down in a chair, and the woman, Crescent, that was her name was behind me. She put her arms around me and that's about it. I don't know anything else outside of that. Well, it sounds like a, sounds like a textbook reach around. Uh, Huggins Crescent. is unnervingly matter of fact, when he talks about his encounters sets him apart from what most of us expect of UFO people. I don't know. I think it sets him right down the middle. Uh, but I do notice that they're all, all the um, extraterrestrials, they look like um, just pretty fit bodied chicks, nice boobs. And they're just like a normal, they kind of have like that Betty Page haircut, which isn't my favorite. Right. And then they, the severe bangs thing. Yeah, they got, they got that. And then, but then they just have that same alien face. That oh, with the big is. eyes, that thing, yeah, with the big eyes, they got the face, but then just a regular chick's body and a Betty Page haircut. So, are we sure that this guy um, had sex with an alien or just like an unfortunate looking chick with a good body from Georgia? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot, especially in the 60s. Sure. Well, there's a lot of intermarriage out in the woods. Ed. That's true. This was this was the this was like right in the era of. Well, early Deliverance. This was like the screenwriter of Deliverance. And that was supposed to be West Virginia. But like the Deep South at that point was known for like a lot of inbreeding. Yeah. They've re they've repaired That's their a, image in some ways over the years. A, but like in the yeah. 60s, definitely they were like super inbred. Mississippi a lot of burning. Are earned. Yes. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm with you. Um, yeah. So did you fuck any aliens when you were a kid? Um, I didn't. I didn't even fuck any illegal aliens. I mean, yeah. until recently. Hello. Hey yo. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I don't know about this guy. He's just a little bit nuts. I think. Um. Uh, this is a story. I think somebody sent me this on Twitter, and I was really happy that they did. This comes from a publication called Orlando Weekly. If you're not familiar with the city of Orlando, which is in the, I guess, central, northern, north central Florida. It's a place you want to avoid at all costs. Don't ever go there. It is the worst town in America. Never find yourself in Orlando. But beyond that, uh, I'll just read you the headline. A Burmese python with a tracking device led Florida officials to a record-breaking sex party. And what? Apparently <laughs> Yeah. Who puts tracking devices on on snakes? 
Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. And there's a great picture. I shared this on our Facebook page and in our Facebook group. And uh, I've, I, I feel like I haven't checked it since we started the show, but it was getting a lot of traction. People were discussing this because uh, it's a great picture. So apparently in Florida, because you know in Florida, like having reptiles is, there's, there's two currencies in Florida. Number one, jet skis. 1A, any kind of ATV, four-wheeler, three-wheeler, like any kind of all-terrain vehicle, one of those cart things, any of those, mm. those all count. And then number two, a close second to jet skis, exotic reptiles. <laughs> like if you really want to show your neighbors that you are on the come in the world, what do you do? Get yourself a snake. Maybe you get a few snakes, but then eventually you get evicted. And the next place you go, maybe they don't let you have a snake. But luckily, you're in a fucking swampy area. You're in the glades. You're in the lowlands or whatever. It's, it's tropical there. It's warm. You can let that. And there's plenty of shit to eat. There's fucking wild bunnies, jackrabbits, possums, other snakes, gators. You just let that fucker go. And you don't feel bad about it because you know what? It's going to live a pretty nice life. Take, for instance, this invasive Burmese python with a surgically implanted tracking device. These Florida researchers were like, we got a lot of fucking snakes, but they're hard to find. So let's put a tracking device in this one. And it worked. He led them to the largest python, quote, aggregation ever found in Collier County. A couple of days before Valentine's Day, a male python or sentinel, I didn't know that, nicknamed Argo, was fitted with a tracking device and led researchers with the Conservancy of Southwest Florida to a 100-pound female python about to lay eggs. The female was captured and Argo was then released again to be tracked down just three days later and about half a mile away from the first location, they found the horny snake attending a record-breaking snake party, also known as an aggregation. The researchers found Argo with a, well, it says pregnant, but pregnant's crop. Crossed out, it says gravid. You know what that word means? Gravid? Is that str- snake pregnant? I don't know. Yeah. With a gravid. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Search Google for gravid. Right now. gravid. Pregnant. Yeah, you're right. The researchers found Argo with a gravid female weighing about 115 pounds. That's a good size snake, Ed. That's, that's the I, I just want to go on record. I hate yeah. snakes. I hate them. No, you've gone on. No, that's on record. Okay. Don't have to just just want to make it clear. Um, and seven other male Burmese pythons. So this is, Ed, so we're talking about a gangbang here. One, one lady, mm-hmm. eight 
males. And I'll oh, tell you what. Oh my goodness. This is my least favorite kind of porno. The eight were the most snakes ever found in one place within Southwest Florida and the Western Everglades. The Burmese python problem has become, has become such an issue in Florida that the Florida Wildlife Conservation Commission allows for killing and removal of Burmese pythons without a permit. In fact, the FWC encourages people to remove and kill pythons from private lands whenever possible. Yeah, but as many as they kill, that's your neighbors are releasing more into they go to the store and they get pythons as a pet and then they out and the fucking thing gets too big. It eats too many rats and then it eats too many rabbits and it's it's out of control and you just fucking let it go. Let it out in the field. What do you think about that one, Ed? Are pythons the ones that like detach their jaws and like swallow things? Yeah, they're constrictors. So they um, choke you unconscious and then eat you alive. So, so they're awful, just like no. every snake. No, they're great. Well, they're better. They're not poisonous. But I mean, m- like boa constrictors, they're the same type of thing. Like they just yeah, the they just crush yeah. you and murder. They're you. constrictors. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, they asphyxiate their prey. Nah. I'm looking Pass. on my looking on my Instagram right now because I follow this snake account. Oh, what is happening? Is, it's called hold on. It's called J, like the first name, J A Y. Yeah. Prehistoric pets. And this fucking guy is he's like has a pet store. Lots of hot all, women in that feed, right? It's all reptiles. Oh, this one says, you coming at 6 p.m.? It's a poll. Yes or no? I'm looking at his stories because his snakes, are. he like breeds all different kinds of snakes. So he'll get like different ones with different markings together and make like a different kind of snake. And they're always laying eggs and there's always these little slimy baby snakes coming out of the eggs. <laughs> I, have a, oh, I have a buddy that's terrified of snakes. And so oh, every- Just one? <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll see a post and I'll I'll copy the link and I'll text it to him so he can check it out. Um, maybe I'll start doing that to you because you now also. Now we're good. We're good. I <laughs> just consider me like Indiana Jones, except without the adventure part. Right. I just hate the snakes. But those were asps. Yeah, like of course you should be afraid of those. Those are those will those will uh, poison you. Well, have, what about the things have, that'll crush you to death? Well, they're well, not that. They're not big enough. Unless you're a really small dude, like these things aren't gonna. You could just unwind them off you. Pythons? Yeah, yeah. Even a big one that like that 115 pounder might be strong enough to strangle you if you're like really drunk or something. But the thing is, is that it knows you're too big to eat, so it's not really gonna fuck with you. Yeah. You know? Now a baby, it might. I mean, they've been known to eat babies. Like, okay. like a dingo. That's, dingo ate my baby. Right. It turns out that dingo did new evidence. I know. That that People shamed her for like four yeah. decades and they're like, yeah. oh, actually, you were right. It, yeah. It's a, uh, Aside yeah, from the horror of your baby being killed, like apparently you weren't, <laughs> an, weren't a murderer. Right. They're like, hey, we're sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, Ed, it's time. Let's do it. We are joined by our own, our very own, 
pop culture correspondent. She announces she needs water. We will fill time. She is, um, you remember thirsty. like when you remember, yeah, she is thirsty. She's very thirsty. Um, <laughs> you remember when she's, um, just gotten home from work a little while ago and she's, she's getting ready for the show. She's on her computer, but she changes into leisure wear. And you you remember like Mike Brady or both Darren Stevens's the kind of PJs that they would yes. wear where they're like button up like men's PJs yes. from the 60s. Sure. Yeah, that seemed what, like very what, uncomfortable pajamas for yeah, a guy. That's what, that's what Fancy Sauce wears. Although hers look to be like a little more like silky material, but the same. So cut. she looks like um like a Thai prince. Um, yes, Silk, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's okay. She's no, you do, you do look, do look very cool. Go ahead and let's get the headphones on. Let's, let's get to this. Back in our households, like a Thai palace. Bangkok palace. She she wears all of the pajamas, and I. Oh no, she's having problems with her headphones. Oh no, oh no, there's her headphones are in a tangle. Yeah. Oh, there it is. It's fixed. There it is. Oh yeah. Oh no, is it under the other one? Oh. Um. She wears. She wears all of the pajamas while I wear. None of the pajamas, isn't that right, Kate? Kate. Thank you, thank you for joining us. If you wouldn't mind getting just a bit closer to that microphone, I'm close to it. There you go. That's that's there it. There you go. When you said Mike. There you go. Me. When you said it, you were close enough to it. Um, how are you, Kate? Thank you for joining us. Hi, hey, Brian. I'm very well. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Um, no email to discuss this week. Usually we have, really? yeah, usually people reach out and they want to ask people? Kate things, no but emails? not this week. Um, Everyone's just great. Life's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's just jump right into it, Kate. Let's what is it. going on in the world of pop culture? What is happening in fancy pop? Fancy pop. Okay. Yes. Kick it off with some Scientology. Oh, Scientology. Um, so I don't know if you guys know, but um, two of Scientology's uh, most revered, important members, obviously Tom Cruise, yep, and John Travolta. They really kiss his ass. They and really feud it out the, to be the top. They kiss whose ass? Tra- yeah, Cruise, Cruises, right? Cruises. So in that in that Going Clear documentary, they made it seem like. Cruz is the face of the thing. So they're always like buying him a motorcycle. And it's one of those things where it doesn't equal yeah. out because he still gives them way more money. But they're like, we need to remodel Tom Cruise's kitchen like as a birthday gift. And they really. We need to find him a new wife. They, yes, yeah, exactly. they to keep him happy. He somehow gives them a level of credibility, now, even though he's obviously a maniac. Now, John Travolta, mm-hmm. it might be a different story. It They made it seem like. They discovered some things about John Travolta, but well, that yeah. wasn't both of them. What's that? I thought it's, they found things about both of them in that. I think doc, it's more. Right? It's yeah. I think it's I mean, more. Yes, Barbarino more, more for sure. Barbarino. Barbarino had. They've discovered some things about him that make it so that he would never want to leave and yeah. have those things become public. So apparently, the two of them used to compete. Pretty hardcore for the favor of Scientology chief David Miscavige. Yeah. 
Very cool dude. Yeah. Miss Cabbage. Yes. I like Miss Cavage better. I like, yeah, that sounds much fancier. <laughs> yes. Um, Miss Cabbage, who is maybe four foot 11. Are we? He's little. I would say like five, three, five, two. Um, anyway, um, to Cruz's former personal security guard who has, uh, who left the church in 2011 has just now started giving interviews, um, about their feud. Um, who, who left in 2011? Cruz's former security guard. Ooh. Okay, this cruises. Is what happens. Okay. Yeah, cruises. These, these people escape and they talk. So he says, um, Cruz is the only celeb with a direct line to Miss Cabbage. Travolta didn't have one. He didn't get anything for free. No one's giving him absurd gifts like an airplane <laughs> hangar, custom made exactly. bikes, or over the top yes. favors. And in 2008, when Cruz was awarded the Freedom Mad. Medal of Valor given to Scientology's most dedicated member at a special gala in the UK. Um, this guy told uh, this magazine that he did an interview with that Travolta exploded with jealousy. Yeah. Um, some other cool that's how details these, were. That's how these presses operate. Um, he also says, this is funny, <laughs> I was a top priority with the dentist. I always had to have my teeth whitened and regular checkups because you had to have a good smile for Tom Cruise. What? Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> well, Tom Cruise has some big white chompers. And remember he got him But why would out? he demand that of his, his bodyguard? Well, he doesn't want Ed, to be embarrassed. And he wants people to have a nice <laughs> smile when they smile at him. He doesn't yeah. want to be looking at any bad yeah. smiles. Um, and he also address, addresses the rumors of, that the church interviewed potential girlfriends for Cruz after he split with Nicole Kidman. Candidates had to be at the same point on the tone scale, which means at the same level of understanding. So they were looking oh. at Hollywood stars who didn't the have a podcast, who didn't, hadn't done nude scenes, who didn't have a major uh, drug history. So there was, there was always something wrong with, with someone. But they didn't need to be level seven thetans. Like him, because he's the only one that's reached. But what was the other thing you said? The tone scale? That's how he described it. Yeah, because they have all different words for things. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't thought- know what that means. Like the same like level of... <laughs> well, no one's as big a star. Like a, like a celeb, but, an actor. Yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. not a celeb. Right. It's just in a Hollywood like Katie person. Holmes. Is he, does he have a current girlfriend? Uh, I don't, not that can, I know. I don't can know. you imagine how exhausting it must be with that guy? Like just a day-to-day basis. I think that now yeah. that everything's come out about this stuff, it's probably hard for him to get set up with another. Right. Oh. You have to find someone in the church or yeah. someone. Well, they did that before I'm with sure that. Sure, there's women that they, are willing. To they did do that it. before with that Indian chick, but she like did something to embarrass him. Yeah. And she was cut. She had to like scrub toilets with her toothbrushes, which is what they do. <laughs> well, not so in 2012. Um, I guess that Miss Cabbage was trying to find. Who's a girlfriend? It was yeah. like his mission, and apparently, the organization devised this elaborate auditioning process where actresses who were already Scientology members were called in, told they were auditioning for a new training film, and then asked a series of questions, including, "What do you think of Tom Cruise?" Yeah. <laughs> so do you? So these? So Cruise and Barbarino don't like each other. No. Do you think they meet up? Do you think they meet up at um, at functions and <laughs> and Cruz walks over to to Barbarino and he's like hey you're you're so glib <laughs> you're, I feel hey, like you're so glib hey, John. off my cat 
case toilet face. I feel like Barbarino. Barbarino? Like, you stink. If he's there. Because <laughs> yeah. he's going to be sitting in a he, throne and I'm just going to be in a regular chair. Yeah. He, well, you know, he's like, hey, hey, Vincent Vega, I would never have gotten shot by Bruce Willis like that because <laughs> I'm a Scientologist. I know I can help people. I know <laughs> if there's a problem, I'm a Scientologist. I'm the only one that can help. <laughs> You're so glib. Well, speaking of Bruce Willis, like, he was, like, the baby's talking, but really it's, it's Bruce Willis talking. It's like, Kirstie Alley's talking, and then Bruce Willis is talking. It's, it's weird. It's, it's really weird. It's like, you think a baby's gonna talk, and then it's, it's John McClane's voice. It's, it's, I've it's never wild. Heard this impression. Ed. <laughs> you're so, that was so good. You're so glib, Vincent Vega. <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber hose. Rubbing an impression off. <laughs> Up your gizzard with a rubber lizard. It's like these guys are so rich. Like this fucking John Travolta basically has his own airline and they're fucking so well. But he doesn't so like successful. being on the B list. Right? He doesn't like and, being on the B list of Scientology. But they're they're so it's like it's just like how Buddhists like explain. And he knows he's never gonna Right, Rise they're fucking miserable. Above cruise, well, so probably don't make Battlefield Earth. Yeah, yes. I <laughs> mean, miserable. like, I I don't like Tom Cruise, but the yeah. dude like picks movies that like are hits. I mean, part of it is him. Part of it is like he picks the right action movie. He does. Well, he Battlefield produces. Earth. Tom Cruise wouldn't have succeeded with that. No, that no, was no shit. They, they look like clean. He produces his movies. Actually, that new Mission Impossible looks pretty fun. Looks pretty good. Hey, guess what? He's on a motorcycle. You're you're not going to believe this. He's gonna but, he's gonna dangle from the sky at some point. Right. Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle in this one. If I were Travolta, like you're rich as fuck, I would yeah. just be like, "Fuck off, Scientology. Tell them, tell them what. Tell them I, give them what you've got on me. Yeah. Like I don't care. I don't care if it hurts that, my career because I have all the money. I like to surprise masseuses. That's what I would do with my. <laughs> Raging, you know my, you know my sister's Charles in Charge's mom. <laughs> it's like so weird. It's so weird. It's like the baby's like, talking, but it's really Bruce Willis. We, we know all that. Weird You're so stuff glib, Bobarino. And we've talked yeah. about it, and people have digested yeah. it. And what? It's like nowadays, Where? like it's like okay, big deal. That um, and I saw uh, the wife recently. Oh, okay, still okay. looking good. Such a piece of work. She's on the deal. She never see her. In anything Such a Trump, just a an all timer. She was in like she was in a bunch of eighties like movies just that you'd rent from honey. the video store yes. for no other reason to see her than to see her naked. Just such a honey. Yeah. Rustin. Uh okay, what else you got, Kate? Um, Adam Pally. Oh my god. Adam this is the comic. the best thing. This guy's such a fucking hero. I'm I Openly he, trolled his Instagram and said, "Can you please come on my podcast and discuss this?" Um, so he presented at the Shorty Awards. If you don't know what those are, they no honor one does. I like, saw the clip, but I didn't know what it was. They honor things like social yeah. media influences and brands with categories such as overall Instagram presence and Meme of the Year. I mean, it looked very um, web centric awards. So while presenting, he called the ceremony. The waiting at the DMV of award shows. He also said, I think a career highlight will be when I'm done. I'm giving an award to a company. I'm 36. (laughs) If you want me to host next year, hard pass. At one point, he summed up, this is hell. And this is the worst night of my life. I guess I'll finish this shit show up. (laughs) I liked when he he said that line about, because I I watched the whole clip. When he he said the line about um, 
about hosting next year, he added like a long delay. So I think people were thinking because he said like I'm killing right now. So maybe yeah. you're thinking next year, and he like let it like he was like processing it, and he's yeah. like hard pass. <laughs> no, he's he's a fucking genius because he clearly like his manager or he he's got something coming out and they're like hey this would be good just go and present this award just read the cards and he goes up there and it would be easy to just make one joke and kind of shit on the show and then just read the fucking card and get off stage he stands up there and does 10 minutes of fucking ad-libbed material it's kind of like a mini version like a low-key version of bill burr's the philadelphia incident he just fucking stands there and just fucking lights the thing up for 10 minutes of just joke 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 just destroying them but at the same time at wit's end like yes but also pissed yeah (laughs) like like, why am i he's like i can't i'm giving an award to a company and uh He's he's funny always. Like he always has random projects, and Conan O'Brien always has him on. He's always like, you know, the second guest, and he'll show up in a full sumo costume, or he'll show up dressed like a pirate. Like he always does something completely ridiculous when it's that like that one interview that they just kind of squeeze in at the end, and yes. he always does something ridiculous, and you can tell like when somebody makes Conan like you know, crack up. Like he's the guy he's just fun. He's a funny guy. Who's, you know, doesn't give a fuck. He used to do, he used to be on Kroll show. He's He's the cool version of TJ Miller. Yeah. He's, it's kind of annoying because he's really funny and he's also like very good looking, which is like a fucking bad combination. Like it's all right. We get it. Like you're good looking and you're hilarious. Um, but this is this just puts him in fucking legend status. I Definitely watch it. the clip. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, I shared it on our Baller Lifestyle group page on Facebook, but I'll put it on the regular page for people that aren't in the group just so everyone can see it because it's it's a must watch. It's so fucking hilarious. I cannot promote it enough. I w- You're a hero, Adam Pally. I went to uh, an advertising award show years ago, pre-Senate Al Franken had to present an award, and it was a similar thing. They gave him a script to like hype up somebody who who wrote the 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 latest Johnson and Johnson ad campaign and like he just stopped mid thing he's like wow you've really changed the earth right like, you've yes. you've really helped mankind with this like because really i mean this is the the problem with award shows is everyone feels super important but when you think about it it's very none of it stupid none of it matters and then 100%. after he left the stage these GoPro people came on and they were like kind of pissed that like he wasn't on board with how cool this was. And the, and you see him and they're fucking millennial cunts. Like they're everything yes. that he was talking about and they're everything mm-hmm. that's wrong with this whole culture yeah. of this bullshit. Like you look at him and you're like, oh yeah, like he's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, okay. What else, Kate? Um, Looks like Usher might be the latest victim of the bling ring. Really? Oh no. This is after he's victimized people with his own. I don't know where you're going with this. Well, he gave people herpes. Chlamydia, right? Thieves stole about 820K in jewelry and cash from his home. That's a lot. That's, a, that's too much to have on that's hand. Estranged wife, Grace Miguel. Yeah. 
estranged wife, Grace McGill, reported the house had been broken into after she learned of the incident from the housekeeper oh, ins- on March 29th. Inside job. This is an insurance job. 100%. So listen to this. The housekeeper reportedly told Miguel, that's the ex-wife or the estranged wife, that she discovered a footprint on the second floor. A footprint? Just one? What? Right. A handprint on the pillow in the Somebody lower was hopping? floor. Yeah. A handprint on the pillow? What? That's crazy. And the curtains to the lower floor window were open. She went to look at the security footage to check if anyone could be seen, but noticed that the recording box was missing and connecting wires were cut. Oh, it sounds like, like the Lindbergh baby crime Can scene. Can I just throw out a theory here? Inside job. Oh. The fucking estranged wife. Of course. Hundred percent. She fucking ripped off all this stuff yep. because they're about to get a divorce. Yeah, she wants her shit. But I would like to see her in the triple jump if she can do that all in one footprint. <laughs> That's yeah. Maybe she I was mean, on a pogo stick. It's so Pretty fucking hilarious. impressive. Maybe one footprint. Maybe the sec- on the second floor. Maybe Jesus was carrying her. But it. But that's one set of footprints. We're saying one footprint. Well, maybe uh, Wait, one footprint maybe, and one handprint on a pillow. Maybe Jesus. Downstairs. Maybe Jesus. So it was like a. New shit. It was maybe like cartwheel. a cartwheel. Yeah, he's cartwheeling. <laughs> if you see one place. set of cartwheel prints, Jesus. Maybe it was Tom Cruise. Maybe he was <laughs> cat, bu- cat burglarizing. He does all his own stuff. Yeah, maybe he repelled from the he sink could, could and then that. cartwheeled through those little um, laser things that they always have the, in his movies. He could do that. Yeah. Is that is that real technology? Those lasers that they have in movies. The Catherine Zeta Jones thing. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that. I don't think that really happened. The ones that protect the museums and stuff, right? That protect, like they, yeah. there's Those like are the a, shit. Yeah, there's you like, could, but you can go under them. There's or like a over famous them. statue, but if you know how to like do gymnastics, you can go around <laughs> That's that. One of my favorite things about I, that genre. I movies. like it too. There were none of those in Battlefield Earth. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> You're so um, Cosby is back on trial. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, his eyes have to be fully closed over with skin tags at this point. <laughs> Well, the one looks the other way. Is that always been? Has he always had that one eye? The wall Dio! eye. <laughs> My eyes are looking the other way. I would like to talk to you about the quaaludes oh and God. the raping <laughs> and how I didn't do Even it. Them. And do my wife, what, Camille. Do you know what else he doesn't do? Tell me. The what? intercourse. Oh, really? Oh, so he claimed what? today he was asked um, if he ever had sexual intercourse with um, Andrea Constant, who has accused him of the rape. And he said, uh, never asleep nor awake. Why? He was asked. He said, I don't like it. Oh, he doesn't like what? it. He's the one. He's the one. He likes the petting and the touching. Oh, God. What a creep. I like the petting and the this touching. Ma- <laughs> uh, this is not funny. But he said I like he the touching give, until it makes me feel hot. giving um, constant quaaludes to help her relax. <sighs> she was tired. And then she remembers. Um, yes. Being touched and petted. And feeling. Yeah, with she just remembers. Pops. Slipping, you know, losing control of her body. And then she yeah. em- emerged from a stupor to Cosby spooning her rigid frame uh, and sexually no. assaulting her. Uh, also, uh, he's so stupid. Like gross. the petting and the touching also rape, dickhead. Like right. you don't have to. I know you're 100 you've years sexu- old. You haven't raped her, but you've you sexually assaulted yeah, her. Yeah, you don't have to use your fucking weapon 
your weaponized cock to assault somebody. You can do it with any part of your body, shit for brains. Right. And just seeing that movie Leonard Part 6, I felt pretty assaulted, too. Like, you don't like, you should (laughs) have had a quaalude in the theater. (laughs) That was a bad one. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would like to talk to Leonard Part 6. It's about the petting and the touching. Okay. okay. What else, Kate? Okay, Cosby. Is, is there any more? We've, we've gone on almost two hours. Okay. I'm kill myself. La- last story. Yes. Glenn Beck, huge dickhead. Is he still um, around? Yeah, he's had to put his private jet up for sale. Oh, his how does that guy have a private jet? So sad. He was really balling What's his for a media while. empire called? It's called something cool like the Blaze. Is it? Yeah. Didn't Beverly Blaze? Like Andrea Zuckerman? He had a yeah. net worth of 250 mil. Did, was Andrea Zuckerman editing yeah, the, the thing for the him? Yeah, the Blaze. And her, and her husband, Jesse? It's crumbling. West Beverly Blaze. It's all crumbling. Yeah. You know who else is going to crumble? That other kook, Sean Hannity. Oh, yeah. He's done. So good. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, wow. Fantastic. Excellent job. Uh, for Ed Daily. For Kate McManus, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 216. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.